Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. This is TJ Morris, and you're listening to American Communications Online, and TJ Morris ET Radio is our station brand, so welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. This is our Sunday show. We're back on Sundays. This is August 16, 2020, and it's a really beautiful day here in the panhandle of Florida on the Gulf Coast in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Beautiful, sunny summer day, and life goes on. I'm so excited tonight. I've got two people from California and two people from Hawaii. So let me get started today because James Tully is our facilitator today uh, from Maui, Hawaii, but I've had... uh, a couple of people I've got to get on here because they're really helping me with my radio shows. But uh, let me introduce Tommy Hawksblood of the Big Island. So, Tommy, you know how we do this. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Tommy Hawksblood. I'm on the Big Island, which is right across from where he is. Uh, what's going on here? We've got so many things going on with weather, insects, and you name it. Uh, but it's pretty active. But uh, this should be an interesting day. We've got a new topic for today. Let's see how far it goes. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, Suzanne, would you like to go next? Yeah, I would love it. Hey, first of all, TJ, thank you for including me and bringing me on with you. It's always an exciting adventure. And I'm here in Dana Point, California, and the weather is just perfect. It's a um, 74 degrees uh, during the day, and I am feeling alive, connected, and content to be here. So thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Suzanne. She does another show with me as her, does her husband just last night, Rich Flynn, artist of California. Introduce yourself. Well, TJ, you sound great. My name's uh, Rich Flynn. I'm in Data Point also. Yeah, it's beautiful here, and I'm looking forward to a good show. Thank you, Rich. All right, James Tully, you have the floor. You are our special guest, and we're so happy to have a new person join all of us with our ACO Club, our Ascension Center, our Love and Light Healing Community in 2020. Now, I understand you're going to help us, and uh, I've got your little messages, so I changed out what I put on here. But I hope, uh, I don't think we can see everything you sent me, but I've got quite a few things. So, Genuine Human Happiness and How to Cultivate It, James Tolley. You have Peaceful Lee. So, would you introduce yourself, James, the way you like to be introduced to the world please 
Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. I'm really happy to be speaking about communication skills and how they can contribute to human happiness and better relationships. Uh, my name is James Tolley. I have a site. Um, it's called peaceful.ly. And on that site, I, I like to go into communication skills and communication breakdowns and things like that um, that we can learn from. And I'm a longtime Buddhist. I'm fascinated in uh, with the dynamics of collaboration and competition between people and how they communicate on an interpersonal level and also on a societal level with mass communications. And I've been a couples communication coach for years and a student of nonviolent communication, a student of Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen LaKelly Hunt's Safe Conversations, and I've created some of my own techniques in order to help couples who have a hard time speaking with each other and other people who have a hard time speaking with each other really understand what's important to the other person and have productive conversations really quickly that actually uh, bring out um, the best in people and, um, and resolve conflicts constructively. Wow, what a great introduction for our spirituality today. So I really appreciate everybody showing up. Let me see who this is in New Orleans. New Orleans, you want to say hi or are you just listening? Um, I actually... Yes, hello. Um, I'm Debbie, and um, I have a I have a really hard time with communication with certain individuals. Wow, well, we appreciate you calling in, and we'll have questions for James on the last hour. Let's hear what okay. he has to say about all of us, and we'll get back to you, Miss Debbie That'd from New awesome. Orleans. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right. You bet. Okay, James, you've got the floor. I'm going to mute, and Tommy will be listening with himself muted, as uh, so will Suzanne and uh, Rich. So when you get to a point that you need a break or you want to ask us questions in the last hour, we'll let Debbie or anybody else that wants to call in. Is that fine with you? Sound like a plan? Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds fantastic. All right, I'm going to mute. You have the floor, sir. Thank you so much. So... The, the reason why communication skills are really essential in our spiritual life is because, first of all, we are essentially spiritual beings, and that's not some kind of woo-woo thing, or I'm kind of imagining it or making it up, or it's some kind of a narrative or something. It's really that we are at our essence in our, in our inner world. We are made up of thoughts and feelings, longings, desires, and um, you know, and that inner, that rich inner world really drives our world in the, in the outer world. It drives our, our actions, creates all the things in society that get created, destroys all the things in society that get destroyed. And so we essentially, we're always moving from our spiritual self, our feelings and our longings, these things that don't have any um, physical component to them really, but they, they drive us and they force us or bring us into being um, active in the world and creating things in the world. And so the physical world is a reflection of the combined longings and feelings and thoughts that we all have. And so that in that way, we're basically spiritual beings. And so communication skills have a... Are you there? Hello? Uh, Hello? 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 
It sounds like he dropped off. Oh, dear. All right. Well, Tommy, um, hopefully he'll be able to rejoin us. Uh, tell me what uh, is happening today in your spiritual growth cycle, Tommy. Well, I just did a real incredible show last night. Uh, so it was like we had five speakers, five different people on there. Uh, one was mainly a host. He didn't speak that much. But we had one person that was a demonologist uh, and researcher. We had another person that claimed, I don't know how he does or says what he says, but he claims he's working with the government and he's working with uh, traveling with aliens and greys and all that. And it was, I, I don't know, I kind of like debated everything he said about that. Uh, we had one psychic who was pretty cool, and we had a, a, a person that works with dreams. And it was such a really twisting, winding road that we went down uh, due to everybody's specific agendas or what they deal with and everything else. It, we got into some incredible ideas, though. Uh, well, James one, is back one, now, Tommy. Let's, oh, okay. let's no get problem. back to James. Uh, let's hope he's here. James, I might have missed dialed or somehow I got you to answer my phone. I could hear you, but you were on my cell phone. But you, now you're back on the studio, right? Yes, I am. I am. I'm sorry about oh, that. Oh, yay. Me too. Okay, folks, we don't know what happened, but it doesn't matter. He's back now. Okay, I'll go back on mute again. And all my guests, uh, you guys mute yourself if you have a button. Uh, and if, if, hopefully there won't be any noise in the background. But you started off with how to transform, and we have people listening all over the world. So help us out here, James. Now, I understand you're a facilitator in Maui, Hawaii, and you have a website called peaceful.ly instead of .com. That's peaceful, the word, .ly. Now, start over again, James. You're, you've been helping people for a long time. And uh, we got off to a bounce into our cell phones somehow. I'm not sure if the studio did it or we did because we're all up there in cyberspace. But back to you, James. So I will mute now, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you know, I wanted to create the website address. I do have peaceful.ly as one of my addresses. But the one that I'd like everyone to know about around communication skills is mindfulspeech.training, mindfulspeech.training. So if you're interested in these ideas, please go there and we can connect. So, yeah, I wanted to go into a little bit about how we're spiritual beings and all of our thoughts and longings and feelings and all of our rich inner world are reflected in our speech. And we can't really even help it. Our speech is driven just like our actions are driven by our inner world, our rich spiritual world. So if we have a desire for something, then we're going to be speaking about it. If we have some kind of attachment, some kind of a, dramatic relationship with something, that's going to come out in our speech as well. If we feel like our happiness is um, contingent on someone that we're in a relationship with being different or doing something that they don't want to do, all of that stuff is going to come out in our speech. And so when we listen, when we know how to listen to other people's speech in a certain way, and we know how to come from a certain place in our own speech, we can actually include our spiritual life in our actual day-to-day life and in our relationships in a, in a really transformative way. So that's the, that's the perspective on communication skills that I take. And um, so uh, just to give you an idea, um, you know, just to give you an idea, I'll give you one, one idea. So 
if I'm upset with someone, if I have something in me that's, that's bothering me, and that's a spiritual experience that I'm having. It's, a, it's an experience that I'm, I'm struggling with my relationship with the universe. You could call it I'm struggling with my relationship with God. Whatever it is, I am, I'm kind of stuck and I'm needing something that I don't feel like I'm getting, right? And let's say I'm, I'm projecting that onto someone else. Like I'm really upset with them. I, I see them as the source of my upset. There are so many ways that I could address that situation. You know, people in intimate relationships, you know, they get vulnerable and intimate with each other, and then all kinds of sensitive issues come up and, you know, difficulties and challenges and arguments and fights come up, conflicts come up. So it's pretty common that this could happen between people. So if, if I want that other person to be different, maybe I want that person to do something that they don't want to do, there's a lot of things that I, a lot of different ways that I could address the situation with my speech. A lot of the typical ways would actually degrade my relationship with the other person. Maybe I could try to threaten them or use a tone of voice that's like condescending or is meant to instigate their shame or somehow destroy really or degrade the rapport and relationship, the trust that we have in order to get this need met, in order to get my strategy met, right? But it, I, could, I could use any number of techniques if I know about them. I could take a breath. I can take a step back and I can think and I can act intentionally instead of just acting kind of from the hip just with whatever is the first thing that wants to come out of my mouth, which is not always the thing that's going to really um, have me feeling the most satisfied and having the other person feeling like feeling loved, feeling accepted, feeling uh, free to do what they want, you know, a sense of choice and freedom and acceptance in what, they, what is going to work for them, which is something that I really want to have the people around me in my life feeling. So I can, we can call this, um, you know, I guess the, the, least, the least skillful way to speak would be, I, I would call that person a name. I would say, you're a, you're a jerk or something like that. And that obviously is really painful to hear. It's painful to say. It degrades the relationship, and, um, and it's not even necessarily true. I mean, the person, actually, it's just a label that I'm trying to put on the person in order to get them to submit to me or to change their mind and do something that I want them to do. But it's a, it's a really, a, a, um, it's to cross purposes with what I really want, which is I want to be happy, right? Everyone wants to be happy. That is, we do everything that we do just to be happy. And this is part of our spiritual life as well. How do we cultivate that kind of an inner world, that kind of an inner life where we do feel feelings of fulfillment, presence, relaxation, meaning, purpose, connection, and peace? And how do we cultivate those? Well, we have um, the benefit of having um, the longest study on human happiness that was ever conducted. It was a Harvard University study and it has gone on for 75 years, where they took Harvard students who were sophomores, and they took uh, um, men of a similar age in a kind of a low-income community in Boston, and they followed them, and they interviewed them throughout their entire lives to see what happened with them. And one of the things that they noticed during that study was that the number one contributor to genuine long-term human happiness is this. It's not it's not making more money and it's not having fame or prestige or status. 
which are things that motivate people on a moment-to-moment basis, on a day-to-day basis. In general, I think that's pretty widely, widely, widely takes place. But what really, actually, genuinely can deliver genuine long-term human happiness is healthy and fulfilling relationships. And I, I really would like to focus on that for just a minute because of the profundity of that information. And if you can allow it to really sink in with you and you can recognize that if you have nothing but allies around you, you have no one around you in your space, in your world, except people who want the best for you, you want the best for them, you feel a sense of um, partnership or allyship with them, your life is going to have a certain character to it. And it's going to have a fundamentally different character to it rather than someone who has all kinds of enemies around them, all kinds of people. There are all kinds of uncompleted conflicts and there's unspoken difficulties, unspoken resentments that never get resolved. And if those are the kinds of relationships that someone has and they, they, they maintain those relationships unconsciously over decades, they're going to have a different kind of a life rather than someone who knows how to invest in their relationships through communication skills um, effectively. And that person's going to have a fundamentally different experience of being alive over decades. And so if the number one contributor to long-term genuine human happiness is fulfilling relationships, the number one contributor to fulfilling relationships is communication skills. And so if we know how to relate with people Um, during crisis and also during times of peace and well-being and rapport in ways that really, really create the kind of connections and the kind of relationships that are built on our values and well-being and enjoyment and ease and pleasure and gratitude and service. That's what we're going to, that's what we want in life. That's the best that we can have is just to be available to the people in our lives, have them feel like they can trust us and be available to us and just enjoy the present moment with them. And the way to do it is through communication skills, which we can use to kind of complete old conflicts of the past and resolve them so they don't even exist anymore. There's no, no harboring of resentments or anything like that. Everything that is needing to be complete or we want to be complete, we want to be done with it, we know how to resol- resolve those things in our relationships. And when we know how to do that, and we take the steps every day through every single conversation and every single share that goes back and forth, we deliberately and intentionally use our communication towards that end, we are going to see over the long term uh, some magnificent transformations in our lives. And we're going to feel closer to the universe, closer to whatever we consider to be God or the divine or holiness or sacredness. We're going to be embodying that and we're going to be in relationship with that, with the people in our lives and also you know, with any, any kind of spiritual, um, spiritual essence that we feel that we can connect with. So that's really what we're all about here at Mindful Speech. We want to bring mindfulness, the kind of mindfulness that people use in meditation in order to give up their attachments, give up their plans, give up their fear, give up their resentments. We want to bring that kind of mindfulness into people's communications, into people's conversations, so that over time, People can, and actually, even very, very quickly, honestly, very, very quickly, you can see amazing transformations in your relationships. Decades-old resentments can disappear. There's one, um, 
there's one wonderful thing that Marshall Rosenberg, who was the founder of nonviolent communication, used to say pretty often. He used to say that any conflict or 75% of conflicts can be resolved in 20 minutes, 20 minutes, once each person can repeat without judgment what the other party is needing, what the other party is longing for, what the other party wants in that conflict. And once you have that information, even conflicts that have been there for maybe 40, 50 years can be resolved and completed in 20 minutes. And so this is one of the, this is one of the main insights that I'd like to share with you and your listeners is when you have a conflict, what people um, are generally accustomed to is that you have a conflict and you, you work on the conflict and get into a shared reality or an agreement about what the problem is and what's going on and who's right and who's wrong. So that kind of power, it can lead to a power struggle, that dynamic, which power struggles are a race to the bottom. You never actually get to a, period, a place of tremendous fulfillment and connection and gratitude with the other person at the end of a power struggle dynamic. It's just mathematically impossible if I could, you know, say it like that. So what you really want to do when you have a conflict is recognize one person has one reality and their perspective, their reality as it occurs to them is their perspective. And that's the, all, we, all any of us have is just our perspective that we carry with us. And so the, other pers- the one person has a perspective and the other person has a perspective. We have a perspective and, you know, the person who we might consider to be um, engaging with us in this conflict, maybe our enemy, has their own perspective. And when we know what, when we know our side, and when we know the other person's side, we can actually resolve the conflict uh, very easily for a number of reasons. But it's that kind of transformation that we're talking about with mindful speech training, and that's that's really the kind of world that we want to live in is a world that knows how to take a situation that's difficult, where there is a, a lack of rapport, maybe there's real hatred, very strong difficulties, resentments and transform that situation into ease and joy, actually, if, I could, if you could think outside the box. Ease, rapport, trust, respect, and joy. You know, and if you could think of some of your family members who you might have not, been, not really felt connected to for years, communication skills can actually bring that kind of remedy into that relationship so that you can actually appreciate them and enjoy them and they can enjoy you in the way that you'd like to, you know, not that they have to be super close to you, but you can have them be as close as, as feels good to you and feel complete about it, not be harboring resentments and difficult, difficult emotional states. So that might be, you know, just kind of the introduction to the work that we do. I wonder if anyone has any questions. Okay, well, let's see. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, can you hear me, James? Yes, I can. Okay, you said, I wonder if you have any questions, so you're ready for a breather. So, uh, folks, we're going to do a quick round table, and it's a question. He says, I wonder if anyone has any questions. And I know what I felt like because my daughter passed, and I, she and I always had this under ripple of resentment, even though we lived together and I loved her, and I wished I had better communication skills. So I'm so happy that James is so educated on this. 
And I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, James, to Suzanne as a woman and uh, the other lady that called in, and then we'll let Tommy and Rich. Tommy's been working with me for years, so he understands. But let me find the right phone number on here. I think it's it's 714. No, I think that's Rich. Let's see, 949, I think, is Suzanne. Let's see. Hi. I'm there. You got me. unmuted. Yeah. So, James, listen, I thought your conversation was really great. And um, is it okay? If, is it okay if I ask you a really personal question? Absolutely. Oh, great. So, uh, talking about the talking about the style of communication that you're using, tell me you, an intimate relationship, a relationship that was um, a partnership, um, included sexual intimacy and was a long-standing relationship. Tell me tell me a great story of where your technique of communication created a change in the relationship. Doesn't have to be good or bad, but just a change in the relationship. Okay. Yeah, question okay. and example. <laughs> question yeah. example. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. So I'll just uh, model a little communication technique called mirroring. So if I heard you right, then you'd like to hear from me an example in my life of where these communication skills that I'm talking about have really had some kind of a beautiful transformation or a healing between me and someone in my life. Is that right? No. No. (laughs) Oh, that's not right. No, I'm asking you to share a personal story where your style of communication created a change and the change doesn't necessarily it's i have a different sort of focus on it i don't think that the change the change is bad i think change is inevitable but i'm asking you to share a personal story where there was a change and it could have been like like you came to the awareness that this person would never really be the person that you wanted to be with or this person um still hadn't resolved their parental business whatever but just okay. where it created a change in the dialogue, a real change. Wonderful, wonderful. So mm-hmm. I really love that there was a bit of a miscommunication there because it kind of model, it does model that I was trying to take in your question and I carried some baggage into the word change and that you'd had no way of understanding that I carried that baggage into that word except uh-huh. when I repeat it back to you, then you can recognize, oh, that wasn't actually what I meant. And the thing about communication is that um, we can't actually know if our communication has landed in the way that we, we intended, if our message has really been received, unless we check in. So that's one of the basic communication skills. It's kind of, the found, kind of one of the foundational skills um, right. in communicating. So let me think. Uh, there were so many small, like I would call them smaller ones, but major breakthroughs with my, with my previous partner, of uh, about six years and Mm -hmm. what comes to mind is that there would be uh, misunderstandings where Mm -hmm. one person would say something and then um, and that would be interpreted as some kind of an insult or some kind of uh, you know would just bring up a lot of shame in the other person or a lot of embarrassment or just some kind of negative experience but once we were able to unpack what had happened then we realize, oh, there was actually, it's all very understandable, and there was no break in rapport that actually happened. It was just an illusion due to just very understandable misunderstandings. 
that's kind of a vague description of, of a dynamic that happened very, very frequently with my, my previous partner. I'm going to try to find a specific example, but none is coming to my mind right now. Hmm. So um, it's kind of interesting. You said that I didn't have any way of knowing that change was kind of a, a term that held a lot of baggage for you, but um, I find that that's really what I do do in my work is that I do find the terms or the the words or the spaces within a human's consciousness uh, where there is where there is that that dynamic, and I I love your conversation. I love your conversation about um, repeating back to somebody. Did I understand you to say the following? Did I hear you to mean? There's so many ways of putting that back in there. And the person, right. when the person doesn't hear what you're asking or what you're indicating, then you're not on the you're you're not you're not even in the same you're not in the same reality for communication. There's no affinity. There's no reality, and there's no communication. It's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I can uh-huh. share a specific example with you. Okay. So, um, and this is. This is actually a super beautiful example. I'm going to get a little emotional here because it's so beautiful. But after the first time uh, making love with a new partner, right, it's a very wonderful, very emotional, intimate, vulnerable experience. And to meet someone in that way for the first time, a lot of feelings can come up. And there can be, you know, different styles and different little moments of miscommunication or disconnection that happen. And one of the great delights uh, in my experience, quite frankly, in life is to, is to propose to someone who, who, who I'm just entering into a relationship with, you know, why don't we just debrief what just happened? And we'll just share, you tell me what your experience was, I'll tell you what came up for me during that. And I can't tell you the delight that comes up in both parties by understanding and and kind of resolving anything any kind of rough edges that might have happened any misunderstandings or any awkwardnesses that happened so that that's one specific example that i can tell you and that the transformation that happened there or the change that happened there is like a deep sense of trust and connection so what could be you know have a little bit of uh, awkward aftertaste or something like that a little leftover on you know confusion or uncertainty, uh, all those things get clarified and really just the, the, the act of starting to communicate really well about what happened, it just creates delight in people. So that's one mm-hmm. that I can share. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, I like to do that actually. After making love, I love to communicate about it because you know, certain things happen and then not everything gets said and not everything gets shared. And maybe some things are, you know, more or less um, wonderful than people would like them to be. And it's just nice to be on the same page. It's a beautiful thing to just create a shared reality. Whenever the opportunity arises for people to actually be living in different realities, you want to kind of connect and restore that sense of shared reality. Like, okay, I know your experience in that. I have my experience in that. And we both understand where we were. And not <laughs> how embarrassing. <laughs> Here's Carol from New Orleans that called in just for this show. Carol, right? Isn't it New Orleans? Hey, thank you. Um, thanks. Um 
I hope you can help me with this because I'm enjoying this so much. Um, mine is a little more difficult. Um, okay. For for instance, I have a a manager that um, if if I just have communication breakdowns constantly. And I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person, so I never put the two together with speech. You just gave me a big eureka. Um, but I think if Great. I could, if you you could help me with this, I think this is my the lesson why I'm in this situation to begin with. Because um, not having a voice and then finding it and then being told you know it's too much of a voice. <laughs> yeah. Is. Um, and I kind of, she is, um, I would imagine a narcissist, and I know that I have to, to, to do this lesson, or I'm going to get it over and over. But I feel okay. like she tries to um, almost own me, and wow. um, I can't breathe, so then I want to flee. And okay. this is the, the third, and it's always a, a woman, and I know why, manager, but this one is okay. probably the worst, and I'm in the situation now. Okay, great. All right, so you've, it sounds like you did maybe recreate this on some level because you have this as a recurring theme, and it's so bad now that you really want to just kind of address and resolve this so you don't have to go through that, um, through the dynamic anymore. Yes. Am I getting right? And, okay. Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay, so I, I feel... Um, like I'd like to just uh, take some of the things that you said and just uh, kind of um, uh, kind of characterize them or just kind of describe them. So I think I heard you say she wants to own you, right? So that's that's it feels a predatory. Thought, right? Yeah, it feels, it feels predatory. predatory. Okay. So part of communication skills is is being able to distinguish between different things. One would be an observation, for example, or an interpretation a feeling, a thought, a need, these kinds of things, or a wish or a request. These kinds of categories of um, communications are really important to be able to kind of know what, um, you know, what basket it goes in because then we can, we can make some real good use of everything. So when I hear you say that she wants to own you, it, that's what it was, predatory. That's a, that's a thought, right? So that's, you don't know what's going on inside her, right? You say something like she wants to own you. You don't have access to that information. And so if you're out there in her world, like supposedly knowing about her inner world, then you're less connected to your own needs and your own, your own life and your own mind and your own autonomy as a person. So in that way, you can kind of do the spiritual work of like pulling your own projection back into your own business, really, and letting her be herself over there. And you don't know what's okay. going on over there. You just know how it feels to you. And your, your thought and your perspective is valid, right? I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm just okay. saying that if we want to actually get to a destination, you're probably going to have to do a little bit work getting into the feelings and needs. And so okay. that is your feelings. And I, I know that you said a feeling word, like you felt claustrophobic. Did you say that? No, but I do feel, oh, you, I do feel that way okay. with her because she – she pries and asks me very questions that are really not important. And if I say I don't want to answer them, it seems to be um, like a battle. Like she'll huff okay. and, and pop. Okay. So 
That'll be one. Okay. So it seems like she asks you a lot of questions. You don't feel that those questions are important. You don't want to answer some of the questions. And whenever you say that you don't want to answer a question, then you get back some kind of conflict, some kind of drama, some kind of pushback yeah. or coercion. Yeah. You feel maybe pressured. She's your, your yeah. boss, right? Your manager. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you would like to, this is a good, this is good to kind of get into a specific situation. So when she asks you a question, you don't want to answer, you don't feel like it's her business and you just don't want to do that. And you try to say, I don't want to answer. She just jumps into some kind of a mode where she makes you wrong for not wanting to answer. She tries to coerce you, shame you, dominate you, control you mm-hmm. like that. And you would like to be able to say no and not, and be free of those behaviors. That's kind of what right. we're talking about, right? Okay. Right. So can you give I me deflect. an example of how you – I'm sorry? Like I deflect, I deflect or try to make humor in it. Okay. Just you to, deflect, to, yeah. To pivot away from it. And, and I remember that, that you I want said to speak, Yeah. I want to speak okay. what are my needs and not have to be a comedian or the peacemaker or the coddler. Hallelujah. Yeah. You want to be able to say what's on your mind and have it be received and honored. Respected. Oh, yes. Okay, great. So can you, can you give me an example of something that you would say or something that she would say, just some kind of a back and forth? Yeah. um, When um, we say we take turns at work and um, it's sales based. And so she takes a turn, I take a turn, she takes a turn and if her turns don't go well, she wants to know, you know, what my my turn incurred. Like, did it have one or two? Was it a high or low price? And and I I said, you know, it really doesn't matter. It was my turn. And um, she she starts getting mad at me and and saying, fine, you know, she'll say my name, fine, Debbie, like. You know, you really shouldn't have been here because Whoa. you came in late, and if you weren't late, it would have been mine, and you took something from me, wow. like that. But wow. but it's wow. not true, you know. It's yeah, not true. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So I would like to to move back. I understand people who communicate like that. It, I believe that if people were able to understand those kinds of communications, they they wouldn't be so. Um, impacted by them. But anyway, that's a totally different topic that we've talked about later okay. or another time. But um, when you said it doesn't matter, so that's a that's like a declaration of reality, right? So you're kind of using what, what I like to call omniscient voice, right? Like the God voice, yeah. like I'm telling right. you the truth and the truth for everybody, including you, is that it doesn't right. matter. And it's it's uh, dis- it can occur to other people as dismissive or dominating oh, or gotcha. just getting into their own business. Whereas if some, if you were to say something like, uh, you could just say, I don't want to, I don't want to answer that. I mean, that would, that brings like, whenever we use I statements, that is more like a subjective, subjective communication okay. about what's true for us. And in that gotcha. way, it's probably going to be hard for her to hear uh, if I'm understanding her character correctly. But uh, nevertheless, if she does give you the same response, you can be even more sure that it has nothing to do with you. Because when you say, I don't feel like sharing that with you, she can do a couple things. She can ask you why you don't want to do it. She can start negotiating with you. 
she could try to do what she was doing, which is kind of telling a story that paints you in a bad light and try to coerce you or dominate you or, or make you afraid to say no in the future. So you get to kind of see you're, you're saying, I, I don't want to, I don't want to share that with you is, right. is like a blank canvas that she can paint whatever is her inner reality on. So I imagine that she'll probably do the same thing, but, but you could even ask her, I, I don't feel like that's good. I would do it for you if we were to negotiate it with you and you can pay me or you can, you could provide something for me that I like. And then we can, you know, but that's just if you feel like negotiating. It sounds like you just want to be able to say no and have it be I wanna, heard and respected. Right. I want to be a stronger communicator uh, as far as um, you shouldn't feel that you could ask me that, that kind of a question. I mean, Oh, I really yes. feel this okay. is my lesson. Great. I feel this this is my Beautiful. lesson because she even would touch me and, you know, I went to, like, she would just find ways to touch me. That's where the owning place comes from. So I actually had to go to oh. HR and they, you know, ask her not to touch me personally, you know, like in any way. Sure. And so sure. now I feel verbal would be, Oh, I don't know. I just feel like I would really get this lesson if I could get this. Okay, wonderful. So, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't want my manager touching me when it didn't feel good under any circumstances, and you should have that right to feel safe and autonomous um, while you're at work. So how I would – but it, it's a little complicated because obviously she's your manager, and, um, you know, so there are all kinds of other implications involved. But if it were someone – um, let's just try to address it, assuming there are no other complications involved, because that would be, we're, we're okay. going to just have to go ahead with that. Um, okay. And I would, I would say something like, when I, when I, I feel your, your arm on my shoulder, and I want to let you know that when, I, when you did that just now, I had like a negative experience come up, and I noticed a negative experience in my body come up when you did that, and you could just say that. It's not saying you're wrong, you're bad, you're doing something wrong. It's just saying, I just noticed that was a negative experience for me. And then, again, you could just see what she says. If she, She's probably not going to be able to accommodate that information, okay. but that would be a starting point. And then if it happens again, okay. you can say, you know, that same negative experience happened again when you touched me like that. And bringing it up. She, mm-hmm, she hasn't done it since she got in trouble with HR, but... I the see. verbal has been worse because that's the only tool she has right now. I see. Wow. That is tough. So like I'm imagining abuse. that she's <laughs> really giving you a barrage of verbal abuse as a way to how, how do you handle people? Well, how do you handle people that are, yeah, that's great, verbally abusive to you or controlling? Well, usually it, there it, has it, to be. It depends. It, it, it depends. Yeah, I would probably distance myself from them if I could. Um, if I couldn't, yeah, I might go to HR um, or I might just communicate to them in, in no uncertain terms what is and what isn't a boundary crossing for me. Like if you, it sounded like you are of the perspective that her asking you about your sale is actually a boundary crossing to begin with. You You don't even want to have to say no. You just want her to stop asking you to begin with. Is that right? Uh, let's go to the next question. 714. Uh, Rich, are you there? Can you hear me? Rich, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can, uh, do you have a question for James? 
question. I think he's. I just became familiar with Marshall Rosenberg. I came familiar with his work this year. It's really fascinating. I recommend it to everybody. I think you're on a good, a good. He's a good guy to listen to when it comes to communications. So I'm really I sure. got familiar with him. And then I love what you say about everything really is about relationships. It doesn't matter about the money and all that, as you said, because it is really true. You can have everything in the world, but not have anybody to share it with. And it's, it's empty. I find it empty. I've been, been I've yeah. never gone to places that are really cool. And I just go, well, where's my friends at? You know, this is nice. But where's, where's, where, how can I share it with somebody? So I think you're, I think that's a great uh, comment you made. Thank you. Do you okay. Well, yeah, do you have a question? <laughs> anything in your uh, relationship that might be well, on the phone to listening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, they, that's I his really wife on the new, phone. Yeah, that's my wife on the phone. Yeah, I'm really kind of new to relationships. I didn't get married until I was in my 50s, and I never really had a strong, strong relationship or any kind of long-term relationship up till that point. So I'm learning as I go along here. And yeah. Just, well, these, these these communication skills are applicable to all of your relationships, though. So any other family, friends, um, coworkers. So, yeah. um, James, um, Rich and I work out of our home. I work as a, a psychic. I've worked as a psychic since 1982. And Rich is an artist. And... Um, we have been together for 12 years, and we met late in life, and we were friends for nine years. So we have very rich communicates through art, and I am his muse, and I communicate with people for a living. So we are in two different places in our communication skills. And one of the things I thought was really interesting with the woman who called in is that I, I have found a way to be very neutral with people and tell them, if I don't want to answer their question, tell them, you know, that's really a good question. And if somebody pushes back on that, then I tell them, you know, I'm willing to have that conversation with you, but, and then I sort of lay down what I need from them in order to have that conversation. And generally I find that people don't, if they're not, if they're not conscious, they won't have the conversation at all. So that's my own personal experience. That's one of the tools I like to use is that it's a really good question. But I don't I don't have a I don't have this overwhelming feeling inside of myself that I have to answer somebody's question and I don't know what that is. That's interesting. What are, what well, are the things you say? Ask you a question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I'll, I'll, oh, go sorry. ahead. Apologize. Well, listen to the, listen listening to Suzanne talk to people, she always tells me people are just Telling you about their pain if you listen close enough. Yes, that's my experience. Yeah. Or their or my, their hopes, but their their pain is reflected in their hopes as well. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that is my experience. That people discuss their pain, and actually, I find that even though people don't realize it, but they really reveal. They reveal their deepest issues. They reveal their deepest pains. They they don't reveal it in a way that you think they're that you would think somebody would reveal something like that. But people are constantly, constantly revealing their um, pain and and the conflict that ensues as the result of that pain. I mean, I just find that that dialogue is constant from people if you listen. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, let's let Tommy get a question in here, and we've had somebody tune in from New York. I think she's one of my regular listeners. But, Tommy, have you got a question? Sure. It's kind of like a two-part question. Uh, Most people would probably agree with you that they want happiness in their life. Second to that, most people want a relationship to make that happiness work. Now, I would say the first thing is one person would have to decide what path they want to live in their life meaning a spiritual path, a physical path, or a relationship, uh, they don't always go together, including the path that you're on, because I'm with a Buddhist, so I know all about it. Now, a Buddhist, they make, a, they make their, their uh, whatever you want to call it, dedication to their path. Now, in the conversation, when a person's in a certain path, how do you have a conversation with somebody that doesn't believe in the same things you believe in if you're trying to keep a relationship going? Now, just a real short thing. Buddhism doesn't believe in a real God. I'm the opposite. I believe in a real God. And uh, then that other word that always comes in, the emptiness and knowingness and all those other words. But in the conversation, how do you talk? How, how, like if I was trying to talk to you for real, I'm sure you don't believe in a solid, real God. Not a solid, but a specific entity that's God itself. Uh, how, do you, how do you... Were you ever married? Because I was married three times. And religion is different than spiritualism to me because my first wife didn't have any religion. My second wife, well, she, she brought me into a religion called Akinkar. So, I mean, each one of those things have an effect on you. I mean, it has to become part of your life, but does it have to become part of your happiness? If you want to stay in a relationship, it does. But how do you communicate in any path? Most people don't say anything about the religion until after they're married. I mean, and that's pretty, pretty dumb, but what would your answer be? How, how would you communicate with somebody that's like in the opposite religion? Oh, well, um, thanks for asking that. It's really important. And what comes up from my mind right now is the political realm where we have people who are essentially in different, different religions, you could think of them anyway, uh, that they have a different way to understand reality. And it's very hard for those people to speak with each other. A lot of people go home for the holidays and they dread it, actually, because they know that they're going to be uh, confronted with conversations that are difficult for them to have around politics and, and people who um, they have a hard time speaking with. So same thing with religion, same thing with uh, a, lot of, a lot of things. Well, what one technique that I use that, well, there's the ground, the ground rule, I guess, first, is that different people are going to have different perspectives. So that's just a reality. You know, if someone disagrees with you about something, it just means that they're a different person than you. And that should be, that should be, um, you know, accepted. Uh, if you, if you want to accept the person, you can accept that they believe something that you don't believe. And that's, you know, it takes a little bit of spiritual, uh, strength in order to love the person despite them, you know, holding a different perspective. But even if you're speaking with someone and they have a completely different perspective, just because you're speaking with that person, you have a shared purpose with that person. So if it's your brother, you have a shared purpose with them. If it's your wife, obviously you have a shared purpose with them. And so by when power struggle or when disagreements start to kind of take their own, you know, take control of the conversation, you can notice that's happening. Notice the disconnection and the pain that's happening in the relationship or in you or in the other person. And you can just switch. You can change the topic of conversation to the shared purpose, which is your purpose in having the conversation to begin with. So 
a Democrat, for example, could be speaking with a Republican and they, and they could be having some kind of a heated debate. And then once someone wakes up and they realize, you know, this is actually not, I don't really enjoy this, but I want to be connected with this person. I want to empathize with them and understand their needs, even if I don't agree with their thoughts and perspective. Um, the, one of them could say to the other, you know what, I'm really present to the fact that we really love our country and we want what's best for this country, even though we have different ideas about how to bring it about. And we are both patriots, and it really, really matters to us that the United States is well and whole. And that kind of invoking the shared purpose can create a lot of connection and actually can restore beautiful heartfelt rapport with another person without needing them to change and without needing us to change. It's just focusing on a different aspect of, of our lives. We have a call from Connecticut. I'm not sure if this is Jan or not. Uh, Connecticut, do you have a question? Yeah, I have an intuitive question. Is that all right? I don't I know. So. We're doing communication relationships with James Tolley today. Do you have yeah. a question about a relationship? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. So I, my question is, um, it's interesting. Universe provides, this is how I, I gauge it. You know, um, when you're ready to kind of upgrade yourself, you know, the first thing is a relationship with yourself, which is me right now. And in a sense, I'm talking about me. So, you know, I really feel like, universe is helping me weed out all the people who no longer serve me. They just, you know, we're just on a different level playing field. Um, It's like I'm playing football, they're playing basketball. It's just a different sport. So I'm moving on up, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm really wondering about how I can meet my same kind of soul tribe person. Because I think the more I'm upgrading my frequency, um, it's kind of like a catch-22, the harder it is to meet people on that wavelength. It's not like I'm better. I just, the frequency is just different. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Sorry, I was hit the New York number. We'll get to you in a minute, New York. <laughs> okay, so that's Connecticut. Connecticut, what's your first name so James can address you? Sure. Sure, my name is Amla. Hi, Amla. So hi. it sounds like you. Hi. It sounds like you feel that you are clearing the space in your life for a certain kind of a person to come into yeah. your world, and right. you want to know how to use communication skills in order to invite that person to come into your life. Yeah, I I feel like I'm in like literally in the middle. Like I'm not in my past, and I'm not in like I haven't met this person yet. Of course but I definitely feel like I'm really on my way. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I would say that, um, you know, just in terms of communication skills, I guess I would uh, recommend that you, you know, if I were in your position, I would actually practice communication skills and study them so that when the person comes, you can connect with them on a deep, authentic, vulnerable, intimate level. Um, right. more easily, more effectively, and more often. So when that person comes into your life, you probably would like to provide for them safety and mm-hmm. love and acceptance and care. And to be yeah. really skilled at providing empathy and love and care for another person, 
if you have those skills and you can you can call on that uh, quality in you whenever you want to through your words to show another person your care and empathy and understanding and love, that will really set you up in a good way so that when that person enters your life, then you can actually satisfy their needs for love and empathy. So that's, that's what comes to mind right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, thank like, you. It's more... I'm sorry. No, I was just telling him. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, oh yeah. I, I thank you. I, I just, um, you know, it's just with me in the past, as far as, you know, it's always a stepping stone and it's like, I know I'm actually what you just said are the qualities that I am in a relationship. My, in, in air quotes, my problem was that the other person, they just were the wrong person because they weren't on that same level. So that's my, I guess the roadblock is that I know I'm it because you have to be it in order to attract it. That's for sure, right? So I know that I'm loyal. I know I'm, I am, you know, respectful person. So I'm looking for that, and that's the tricky part. I don't know. It's, maybe it's just timing. All right. Well, thank you. And stick around. We've got another hour, folks. So we'll do another round. Let me get this last person on here that's been patiently waiting in New York, and we'll get back to all our regulars, Suzanne and Rich and Tommy. 917, you're live and on the air with TJ Morris ET Radio and James Folly. Do you have a question for him? TJ Morris, no, I'm just calling because I like hearing your voice. How are you doing? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you, you too. I love you. Great. I Thank you, you so what much for show. supporting us. Thank yeah, you. I love this listening. is a new style. How are Aww. you doing? Okay. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm um, hoping James Polly's going to stay with us. He's got a wonderful voice. Yeah. Do you like his voice? I, I, talking in front of him yeah, while he's here, he'll I, probably give us a tip on that. I, <laughs> I mean, I love the people that you gathered today, the female with the artist marriage and the psychic and all of your beautiful people that you gathered together. Good for you, oh. TJ, to keep it going. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate T.J. Morris. She's a strong woman, hangs in there thick and thin. She's been through so much, and she's here serving everybody else. So I really, really appreciate her bringing people together, and I've known her for many, many years, and I'm so glad she's back on the radio show. So I love you. Really sweet. Oh, God bless you. You're like an aunt. You're like my aunt from another dimension. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you are. Really sweet. Wow. Yeah, right. Tommy's here, too. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank okay. you. Uh, no okay. question for James? You're not dealing with any relationships right now? I don't have any. I don't have a guy right now, unfortunately. Okay. Well, maybe well thank you for your support. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. And we'll Love probably you. come back. Okay, take good care. Thank you. Yeah. Love you. Yeah, and so we'll care. probably do we'll probably do psychic yeah. readings Thursday night. Another right. time. I love you. Okay. Yeah. Love Bye. you. Thank Bye. you so Thank much. You. Bye. Bye. All right. She's been listening to us, James. So James, uh, uh can you take another round of questions? Are you up for it? We've got a whole another hour. Do would you like to talk on another part of your talk? James, can uh, I ask you one question before we move on? Oh, I just can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to take up a round of questions. 
<laughs> so I really, I really loved um, the caller, and she called in, and she um, talked about her communication. And the first thing that I wanted to know was I wanted to know how old she was, because I think some, some skills and some areas of development in communication are sometimes age-related, um, mm-hmm. such as when we come into our throat chakra, um, and let's see, 7, 14, 21, 35, we're 35 years old. Is that right? Yeah, it's 35. 35 when we come into our throat chakra. And so having our voice and speaking up for ourselves, you know, that's sort of like a developmental process. So I think... I you mean New York? She's, she's on. You can ask her. No, 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 no. It, no, it was the woman from Connecticut who who was on the phone with us, who had the question about how to, um, she was ready to go into a new relationship, and I wanted to know how old she was, the woman who called oh. me communi- from Connecticut, because I I thought that she was kind of young. That was my first impression, because, so I couldn't tell if it was just her voice or where she was. So, But I like, I have to tell you the truth, James, I really like your patience in talking with people. You've got a lot of <laughs> well, Tommy's on here with him again. Tommy, question? Or more on the Buddhist being married to a Buddhist? <laughs> sure. I, I, no, I like I that. Have a question. All right. You know, <laughs> in my life, every relationship I know, uh, what I say to anybody about a relationship, for a relationship to work, it'll work forever if both people are willing to give 100%. If you're only willing to give 60%, 70%, 80%, it will never work, period. Both people have to be doing that 100% because there's always that little quirk that comes up, and if you can't give in to that, it will start breaking the fall. But here's what I want to say. Everybody I know, it wasn't the fact that they weren't communicating enough, but it, and, I, and I'll say this from, from even movie stars and you name it, it's always a sexual thing where it's cheating on the person or something like that, when it does, then that will split up the relationship. But to me, it seems like sex problems are the main root cause for 90, well, I'd say at least 60% of all relationships that break up. In my reality, everybody I met, why they broke up. I mean, perfect families that look like they got everything going, and they split up. Uh, and, it's, she's, and he gets married, or he gets engaged right away, and all those kind of things. I mean, his wife dies, and he's already engaged. I mean, there's a sexual thing going on when a person cheats or when they do that. And no matter how you talk to that person, they're not going to open up to you about it because they really aren't ready to, and they just won't do it until they're ready. But what, I mean, is there any kind of like way to get around that at, at a level where people can understand it before it happens to them? I mean, I was married three times and it was always a nightmare uh, when it ended. I mean, it was like, I want to die, period. It sounds like you, you want to know if people can use communication skills to kind of notice the problems that are happening earlier so they don't blow up into some kind of a divorce. Is that where you're going? Right, right. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the whole thing about bringing our spirituality into our lives more through noticing what's going on with us and noticing and being sensitive to what's going on with the other person. And when we use our speech to really draw that out and be curious with what's going on, really curious to what's really deeply going on inside ourselves, and in the other person, then we can really create a safe space where sensitive issues can be shared and intimacy can be savored, connection can be savored. And when that happens, um, 
yeah, we're not going to get blindsided by some kind of a major action that happens uh, in the marriage because we're already going to be familiar with, with what's going on. So if someone develops an attraction for someone else, um, you know, that's probably going to be included in the information that's shared between people in a marriage so that you can wait till. Well, just real fast, let's throw this in. Uh, did you ever hear yeah. of mar- marriage encounter? No. Well, it was a big it was a big thing years ago where like you're having problems in your relationship. You go to this weekend retreat and then you get remarried at the end of the three days. Well, mm-hmm. the last week of my relationship, we went to that. The week later, we got separated. I mean, right? You're, you're writing letters to each other. You're not in the same room. You talk to other people, and then you go back in the same room. I mean, it was like really trying to communicate with this person in three days. And all it did was brought out that we couldn't stay together. I mean, it was really a bizarre situation, but they really promoted that everywhere. Everybody had stickers on their cars, marriage encounter. It was like two hearts and, and, a, and a logo. But, I, you know, I, like I said, when you, what you said is if a person's willing to open up, a lot of people aren't ready to do that, though. I mean, there's a, always a dark part of them. I call it the dark night or uh, whatever, the part that they don't want to face or don't want to release, and especially telling their partner about it. Uh, I, I'm sure, I mean, I guess you could try. I mean, some people do not ever open up. But, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Tommy, for sharing. And I talked like about to share you. Something. Go ahead, yeah. James. I'd like to share that sometimes the thing that's not said is something like, I actually don't want to be married to you anymore. Like, I don't want that anymore. And so then if if someone like, you know, just along the same theme that our, our inner world creates our outer world, if if our desires are not to stay with someone, then communication skills are going to bring that out. And that's, that's going to be true for someone under certain circumstances. And the truth of that, really, we just need to honor the truth that comes out in communication. It can't be, you know, well, the truth that's going to come out is going to lead us together. No, that doesn't always happen. What really communication skills are are meant to provide is just honesty and understanding and empathy. So it's not to achieve a goal like getting together or not getting together. Okay? It's to just know right. what is, just to understand each other. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, did you cut off? Let's see who this is. Tommy, did you cut off? Who's who's calling no. in on the? No, no, guy? I yes. didn't cut off. I'm still here. Okay. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you speak up? We can just barely hear you. Hi, Morris. I've listened to your show before uh, many, many times, actually, um, and um, try to put on the calendar. Um, and, Thank and you. I allow- Yes, I have, uh, well, I know you have a church. Um, am I allowed to ask a question? Of course. Um, James is uh, here to help us. Yeah, Go ahead. Talk to doing? James. Tell him your name. Hi, Jake. I'm Jake. My name is Melissa, and um, I am a, a fan of the show. Uh, got some teaching, because I always want to be good in the light. <laughs> but I do have a thing that kind of bothers me right now, uh, and I'm speaking for my truth. Uh, I'm very picky when it comes to finding a partner. I'm not, I don't think I'm perfect anybody else, but just I think because of the drama or the issues and 
I, I, I have to do the connection. So I, I found somebody who I really like, and uh, things were in the communication process. We were communicating, communicating, and then uh, all these people came in, started contradicting to see, to see deception, and I, I, am, I, am able, I am able to understand, but this person is a different level than me, and therefore she left. I, I left the job, and then she left uh, four weeks later, and I know that she was with the company for about almost a decade, decade, and now um, I don't know where it stands, like in the near future. Uh, I know he might be going through a problem with money, uh, situation, things have changed. Uh, but uh, the truth, well, you know, I, I've asked the truth. You know, I, I like to communicate with him uh, in the nearby future if that is possible. I did send him some messages. You know, we all go through things, and I told him, you know, we all go through things. Uh, I have nothing to do with people's behavior, either do you. Uh, so that's where it lies, you know. If that portal is open in the nearby future, um, that's a wonderful person, a wonderful human man that I I met. And I hope you were able to understand me. I'm not sure I understood everything. We have kind of a bad connection, but I wonder if you have a question around it. He has a question. Do you see us? Thank you, sir. And uh, I, I know you're able to aim at communication. And the nearby future, do you see um, me and him communicating? I mean, in the near future, it could be months, it could be weeks. I, I don't know the time. But is there a, do you see that in the, near, in the time, the future? future, you see him and I communicate, like maybe he tries to communicate, or we meet somewhere, you maybe she finds I'm so truth. sorry, I'm not really understanding you. Uh, do you see us communicating in the future? Communication uh, I really can't say. I really can't say. That's not really something that I can do. I can't do it. I can't not do it. I, I don't, I don't uh, have the ability to know that. Uh, can you hear me now? Anybody? Can you I hear can me? Hear <laughs> I, I can hear you. I can yeah. Hear you. yeah. Okay, great. Um, okay, yes. Three or four of us got knocked off. So, all right, 229, did you want to ask James Tolley a relationship question? Yes. Erica? Okay. Tell us your name. And this is James Tolley, a facilitator of relationship coach in Maui, Hawaii. And what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Melvin, and I'm calling from Georgia. Hi, Melvin from Georgia. James Tolley is here to facilitate our wonderful spiritual community. Uh, tell him what your question is, Melvin. Okay, does it have to be about another female or a family? Family Family is fine. James? Oh, well, okay, thank you. Uh, I have six sisters, and I have one brother now. My other brother passed away about a month and a half. But prior to that, my family 
all out of the six sisters, they don't they don't want to engage in a relationship with me, but only two. And uh, those two stay out of town. But I just want to know, like, what's going on with my other four sisters towards me? Yeah. So it sounds like you you don't know why your four sisters don't want to have more connection and more relationship with you. Right. Yes, sir. Because we used to, but now yeah. it's it won't. They won't. I call. They, you know, they have a hundred things to do, and so we hang up, and the next one, then the next one, the next, and nobody never been over my house. Uh, my apartment, uh, I've been staying here for six years, and no visit, no visit from my sisters. Well, yeah, I can understand why you would wonder what um, what's going on on their side if they're not letting you know what it is. And um, if I could just tell you um, what I might say to them if I were you, that might be the best way to to answer your question. So what I might say is, um, hello, uh, I I think that, um, you know, I'm really wanting to have more of a relationship with you and wanting to be in closer contact with you. And I'm not feeling that you want to be in contact with me, and I'm wondering why. Is there something that I've done or something that I didn't do? Is there anything that I can do to repair anything that happened in the past? I'm just really, I'm just really wanting to hear from you what's what's going on on your side that um, seems to be getting in the way of us having a closer relationship. So Melvin, you'll need yeah. to take an initiative, and and please contact your sisters, and if you can't phone them, maybe you can mail them a letter, okay? Because that okay. would be a nice thing for you to do, especially since it concerns you. So you share your love and light with your family and see if you can open that communication up, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We we appreciate All right. you. All right. And we appreciate you being one of our loyal listeners. We really appreciate you, Melvin. So you take yes, care. We'll yes, be back here Thursday for psychic readings. Okay. I think what's happened, James, is on spirituality. I've been here eight years, and I have a lot of very loving, kind, loyal, spiritual people. And they're just happy to have me back on Sunday. <laughs> so some of them may want advice, spiritual. It's like a, it's like a, my Ascension Center Church. I call it Ascension Church Ohana. And you know what Ohana. And uh, I guess you know the word Ohana. You, are you familiar with that word? Wonderful. Well, maybe you and Tommy can work on that for me with my uh, Maui people, and because you're both in Maui. But, yeah, share a little bit about Ohana for our people listening about their families, because we all have those hard times, and you can just speak to all of us, especially my grandsons won't come to our family outings anymore. They, don't want to, they just say it's too much family drama. So are you saying that it's because memories can create 
communication issues? Is that generally so Melvin is still here, but a lot of people listening to you. What is it about when we get together and we start doing old times, but it brings up the bad memories too. So do you mind addressing that? And then Suzanne and uh, uh, I think Rich is next and then Suzanne again on the round table, but go ahead. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I think that's such a relevant question and situation for so many people these days. The situation is that People like extended family, nuclear families, you know, we move away from each other and we have things that are, we're carrying, you know, that are uncomfortable. And like Suzanne was saying, people with their speech, they communicate their pain. And if you're carrying pain around a relationship with your, um, you know, your family or extended family, that's going to come out in your speech if you start to bring up that topic or if certain negative feelings start to get stimulated in you then that pain is going to be in your speech. And so the trick is really to use your speech in order to communicate your pain in such a way so that it actually has some kind of an outcome that everybody wants, right? Not just an outcome of like things being disconnected or there being resentments and grudges being brought up and nothing ever shifts. What we want to learn how to do is actually take those conflicts, those longstanding difficult relationships that we have And we want to know how to transform them into completely healed, fulfilling, satisfying, strong, loyal relationships. So we do that with communication skills. And so if I had, um, you know, a family gathering, um, uh, Thanksgiving, and I go home and I see maybe an estranged brother or something like that, I might have some negative feelings. And if I address it like in a skillful way, I'm just going to create more of a wedge. You know, if they, if they knew how to communicate in a better way, how to communicate wedge through my communication skills. So it's kind of a, you know, information uh, that maybe communication skills might be something that you want to develop yourself. So if I were to go home and I would have a communication, um, you know, with my estranged brother, I might say, you know, I'm, I feel estranged. I was just my words. I in your life, feel curious. I feel upset that I don't know more about what's going on with you and your family, and I wish that we were closer. And I'd like to go through a process where we can talk about anything that's in the way and we can resolve it so that we have really strong rapport, so that we feel accountability and kindness and, um, you know, friendship, you know, or family feelings towards one another. That's just the beginning of a conversation. You know, there's a lot to go into in terms of completing a conversation like that, but that's how to open it up anyway. And if Oops, you dropped off. You're on a cell phone. I can see your number, so it's just Hawaii. I have that with Tommy and oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Janet. It's okay. It's just oh. the Hawaii thing. Go ahead, Suzanne, and you need to let Rich ask a question, and then we'll go back oh, no. to... Tommy, no, no, let Rich, go ahead. Let Rich go. Let Rich go. Oh, let first. Rich go. Let go. Uh, go. Okay, Rich, it's your turn. And then me and Susanna okay. go after uh, after you. It'd be you, and then Susanna, and then back to Tommy and me because we've got forty minutes left. Until James just doesn't want to answer questions anymore, I guess. <laughs> Hope James can last, folks. Some people can't do two hours. Rich, what what well, what's beaming up and bubbling up for you? I mean, Rich. 
So what's bubbling up for me as I go through the day and listening to the conversation is part of communication with people on the street now when you're walking around, like when I go out and walk my dog down at the harbor, you see people and they look really angry or they just look really deep in thought and they really look unhappy. But if you communicate to them and all you got to say, hey, hello, hello, give them a nod, and it's like a different person. You see someone walking towards you and you go, man, this, this person doesn't look like they're friendly or anything. But once you say hi to them, or hello, or, you know, it, they become a different person. I, I'm finding that fascinating right now. It sounds like you really noticed in them a desire to um, connect or to be recognized or appreciated or something like that. And when you deliver that to them, then they just naturally light up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you got to remember you're sick. You're six four, okay? If I see you coming yeah. towards me and I'm five eleven, I may look down too because you're a big guy. But I do know. I thought That's you were going to go with everybody seems angry because of the politics, which I don't like to do politics. But I do think that the uh, the overall, which we haven't got into, but Suzanne may want to get in that to you with you. It seems to be the overall because we all listen to the news that that does affect. We'll just say John Q. Public for the sake of communication with James today that a lot of people look angry like you said Rich so okay I'll back back out again and then Suzanne can take over with Rich okay I'll yeah come. go ahead I think there's I think yeah there's definitely a heavy vibe call it whatever you want and there's just a heavy vibe in everybody's life and if you talk to anybody they everybody's got a story and everybody's got a unique story about how this whole situation has affected them and so yeah I was going to ask James, how did he get into this field and what fascinated him about communication? Communication. What got got you into it? What sort of. Yeah, I was married and we we have a child. We're divorced now. And I just noticed we did some communication training when we were getting divorced and maybe some when we were having a hard time uh, before we got divorced, obviously. But there was a high cost for everyone involved because we didn't know how to communicate and resolve our conflicts um, constructively. And so we, you know, we were in our 30s, but in terms of communication skills, I would say we were really children. We were really not, not skilled at all. And the costs for our son especially are so high, it's, it occurs to me as really tragic, actually. And so that, I think... A lot of people have a similar story, but that was what got me into communication skills in a really deep way. Hmm. How old is your son now? He's 17, almost. Wow. How, how's that going for you, talking with, to a teenager now in that age? In that age you know, communication is really easy. Yeah, he's really easy. And I, I do, I think, um, you know, honestly, a lot of it has to do with communication skills. We both my ex and I, we never like shamed him or, um, you know, intimidated him or threatened him and things like that. So he feels like he's really loved and accepted for who he is, which he is accepted and loved for who he is. And so he's had a, an opportunity to make mistakes and to be a human being with flaws and still okay with us. So I, I think that kind of work is actually really important. Because I would say what Suzanne was saying about the young, um, she sounded young to me as well, the woman from Connecticut, 
I think there is something to going through life's journey and finding your voice and finding out who you are as a person and being able to really use your authentic voice finally after you can access it. And I also think that communication skills that people just learn from a young age, just growing up in an environment with responsible and effective, clean communication um, has a big impact too, actually, big impact. What sort of uh, age group do you deal with? Or is there like a demographic you deal with? Uh, yeah, mostly I would say people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, people who are uh, in relationship with other people, whether they be coworkers or intimate partnerships, and who want to transform their lives, really. Do you have any, do you have any opinion about kids nowadays? It's, it's my perception that kids nowadays, they – they seem to lack in communicating with other people, maybe their own people, or maybe we're just getting old. I'm 60, but maybe you see kids and you just say hi to them and they kind of give you like a weird look or you shake their hand and they got that limp fish thing. And it's, I don't know if I'm talking to you about it, if you have any insight in that, but it seems like kids nowadays, they don't communicate as well, unless that's just me. I think that you're right about that. I think it's something that has been going on for as long as I've been alive, where the older generation thinks the younger generation is, you know, it's kind of dropping the ball, so to speak. But I think right now we're in a crisis of communication, especially among young people who spend a lot of time on screens and much, much less time interacting face-to-face with their peers. Gotcha. So, so James, can I ask you a question? I'm just going to ask you a a direct question, and so I've been listening to how you talk with people and how you answer questions, and my observation, and, and I want you to know I'm I'm not an educated, qualified individual, and I have I have no no formal training in this area. It's just my own observation. But my observation in your style of communication is is that you need time to process the dialogue. You hear the dialogue with a great deal of accuracy, the subtleties, um, the spoken and the unspoken elements, but then you need a piece of space to actually take the information in and then synthesize it and then report outward. It's interesting in observing your communication style for me as an observer. Oh, interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I think you might be right. I have a tendency to repeat back or mirror back something that was significant, uh, that I thought was significant and what the person shared. And I guess I want to check in with them and make sure that I got what they, what they meant to share and what their situation is accurately before I share. But I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a kind of a slow paced person. So yeah, I think you're probably right about that characterologically as well. Huh, interesting, because I like it. I like it a lot. And in your relationships, your intimate relationships, if the individual that you're involved with simply understands that you need a little bit of space to come back with your reply, your relationships should be absolutely phenomenal. My two favorite tools in a relationship are time and space. I believe giving people enough time and enough space to understand their own inner dialogue, their own inner process, often creates better results than any sort of a dialogue. So I am one of the people that really practices in my relationships 
time and space. Time and space are my favorite tools for helping people to sort of observe. And you have that naturally. I think you were born that way. And the people that you would do best with were people that understood that that's just your natural, I mean, that's just your natural gift. Mm. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I really like what you said. There's a lot of wisdom there to be able to give people the space and time they need in order to bring their best. Um, mm-hmm. And so when they show up and they're interacting with you, they're really well rested, they're centered and well, and they know what's going on for them so they can be available for you. Hmm. That's hmm. really interesting, so Suzanne. You, you like that, people I do. People are drawn to voices, and that's how I wound up with James. I heard him talking uh, about, I think it was assertive something on uh, Janet's show, but I liked his voice. I wasn't really listening so much because of the art, you know, the war and the politic part of it. I don't like to listen to anyway, but I did like his voice, and then I, I just mm-hmm. saw Peaceful Lee. I didn't know he had anything else going on, but I loved the thing Peaceful.ly. And I loved his voice, and I thought, wow, you know, any man that can uh, manifest that needs to come on our show and help us, you know, over here with my community. So I really appreciate you, James, and you did an excellent job. Plus, we had extra callers in here. I wasn't, uh, I was rather shocked. I know we have a good listening audience, and we built it up for eight years, and there's so many genuine, loving people out there listening to us. They really rely on our spirituality, and I need to be back here every Sunday. And me and Tommy get busy or can't get connected, and even your your voice dropped a couple of times, faded out. But it has to do, I think, it really do with it. You're in Maui, whether it's satellites or under the ocean. I don't know which way, but sometimes it'll bend. But I'm on a landline right now, so hopefully I won't bend. But I've had real good reception for uh Rich and Suzanne and Tommy's done pretty good tonight. Can we? We've got thirty minutes left. Can we do another quick uh, round table for everybody, James? Or do you want to go to some other uh, part of the show? Because this is your tape tonight as well, folks. We do tape, as you know, and you can go back and listen. And then after this gets through tonight, James will have a copy of his podcast, so he can grab it and put it on his various websites because it's a good lesson tonight james so 30 minutes left however you want to fill it thank you so much i really appreciate that i would love to open it up to questions again but i i would like to just um say that the website that you are saying is for the other topic that i was speaking with about the other day but what what we're talking about today is mindful speech and so i have a website for this specific topic it's called mindfulspeech.training Mindful speech. Oh, excuse me. Okay. I like that peacefully, but mindful speech training, is it dot com dot net dot org or what is that? Actually it's actually it's dot training. So it's a new uh top level domain name. So it's mindful speech dot training and that's the entire thing. Okay, well, we can maybe put mindfulspeech.training on our ascension.center, or uh, the one Rich and Suzanne and I started, ACIO Radio Club. Wait, it's ACIRadio.club. Yeah, folks, just so all you know, we used to do .com only or .com.net. Then we went .com.net.org, and then uh, info, and then all of these other dots. 
But it's opened up the world now, and so now we've got all these dots afterwards. So we're having to listen very carefully to know when you put a dot, another word may be after it. So ours is acoradio.club, so we'll put this under a separate heading from Ace Folklife, so we'll put this under our ascension.center and our love and light community. And hopefully we can get James Tolley and uh, Tommy Hawksblood to carry it under the Maui. We'll have to set up a Maui, I mean a Hawaii something like Ascension Church Ohana and get them to hopefully help people with Ohana. So uh, mindfulspeech.training, did I get it right, James? Yes, thank you so much. And while we're on the call, I would actually love to offer to your listeners that maybe the top 10 people or the first 10 people who go onto that site and fill in the contact form and um, ask for a 15-minute free consultation, they can, they can receive that from me for free. Wow, 15-minute free conversation, folks, on Mindful, M-I-N-D-F-U-L. Is that proper speech, S-P-E-E-C-H? Why don't you spell it for everybody, James? And tell them how to spell That's your right. name as well. You got it right, Mindful Speech, M-I-N-D-F-U-L, S-P-E-E-C-H dot training. And my name is James Tolley. And Tolly is T-O-L-L-E-Y? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Let, yeah, uh, I, Tommy, I honestly, you wanna... I love talking about this. I just can't, I just love talking about this. I, I see the impact that it has in people's lives and their relationships, and it just lights me up for days to be able to offer this. So please um, let me know if you want to talk. I'd love to talk with you. <laughs> Well, I hope you get some callers because uh, our Sunday show, we've been off, taken off a lot, so we may have to build the show back up. But you heard at least four or five of them that are regulars. At least I did. I heard them because I know their name. (laughs) But, Tommy, do you want to start off another question? Uh, I would really like to hear more of the Buddhist thing because of the – connection between you two but you're also in hawaii can we address uh something suzanne and i are working on is how do people cross paths and they may have crossed each other's path and never know it but i don't know how you and tommy would do that but you're both facilitators and you're both in maui and you both do radio shows uh and you both have buddhist in your life so, <laughs> y'all have a lot in common, but he's got a New Jersey accent. So, James, where did you grow up, and what? You don't have an accent, or do you? Is it Minnesota, or oh. you want to share that with us? No, it's not far from New Jersey. It's actually uh, just across the New York border, yeah, from northern New Jersey. So, grew up in rural New York State. Okay, Tommy, I can hear squiggly, so I know you're on. Here's squiggly okay, sounds. yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, it's funny because I, I grew up in Jersey. I lived almost every part of Jersey in about 45 years. I mean, I moved around, of course, to the United States, and now I'm in Hawaii. I've been here for 20 years. But, uh, you know, I, I do have somebody that knows you. I mean, when, when uh, TJ told me, and she, because she wanted to come on, and she was going to do a show, but she said, well, let Harrison talk about what they want to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I guess. Do you still go to you go to the uh, Maui Dharma Center at all? Um, is it Namgal? Someone from is it Namgal? Yep. 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 Namgal. Yeah, I was yeah. hearing that was her. 
Is that your partner? Yes. Yeah, we used to meditate together um, in Haiku on Maui. Yeah, so we, like wow. I said, we've been together 20, 20 years. Wow. So, uh, I'm amazed. I, folks, I'm just, uh, I'm shocked. I'm in shock. OMG, that, that's what I was, Suzanne, did you hear that? Is this not a small world? Yeah, it always that, is. That's Once amazing. Take, take the time and well, the patience to listen. It's there. Wow. You know, there's the outer connection and then there's the inner connection because I was already shown I'm going to meet everybody that I have ever been with in any lifetime in this lifetime that's still in this reality uh, by the time I leave this world. So uh, I I meet people on a job and they'll start talking to me and get into these heavy conversations uh, and, oh, I know you, I I must know you. And, And then you go into some things and suddenly, well, how far in your past lives? Do you, I mean, you're a Buddhist, and I, I, I look at things differently. I'm not like my partner. I spent six years of my life working with Green Tara. Then I worked with Shiva. I worked with Durga, and I worked with uh, Manjushri. For years, physically, psychically, spiritually, however, in all different levels out of the body. So, I mean, I know most Buddhist people do not do it that way uh, in general. Uh, for me, I just wanted to ask you, though, like, you're, this is what you do for a living now, right? Well, I I do this for a living. I do I do this for money, um, or I do it on a donation basis for people who need uh, coaching and who don't have resources uh, to commit oh, to. Oh, that's it. cool. But I have another re- day job. Another day job. Oh, yeah. do you really? Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm mean, a computer programmer. Yeah, I'm a programmer, and I'm building. Uh, um, it's very thematic, really related to the couples communication coach and communication skills in general. But it's on the group um, scale, so it's in. Uh, it has to do with our media model and how our media model rewards people who are divisive and dramatic, and then we have different voices saying completely different things, and we never actually get into communication with them. Um, and have the same conversation. So that's a crisis in society, and I work on that. That's my day job. Oh, okay. nice. I mean, years I like ago, it, I mean, I've been, I've been involved in the UFO world as well as far as spiritually talking about spiritual things. But uh, many years ago, I met a couple of big-name people, and we were going to open a spiritual school. I know there's none in the United States that are really giving people totally everything they need to become a spiritual person or become aware. And we all met at this house that was for sale. It was $1.5 million. But what's so funny, what you're talking about is what destroyed the whole thing. We all stayed there for three days. In those three days, everybody was fighting with each other, not communicating with each other. It was mind-boggling. And sometimes what I realized, like, I go to the Whole Life Expo. I used to lecture with my friend there, too. And what I noticed, like, Ekankar and Shab Yoga, they attack each other. You know, when you oh. attack somebody, it, especially when it's close to what you believe in, I don't understand that. I mean, if, like, you believe in God, I believe in the devil, obviously there's a different kind of gap bound. But when you believe in the same, leaving the body and all those things, and then you attack each other, it's, it's mind-boggling. So when I went to this retreat, <laughs> we looked at this house, we stayed there, Funny. and everybody was fighting with each other. And something really cool happened to me, but it's totally separate. But, I mean, they, this, these girls were there. They were thinking about buying this house. 
and they, they started crying, and they said, we got to take you in a room. I said, what do you want to do? <laughs> I didn't have no clue, and they brought me in this room. The one lady started <laughs> kneeled on the bed, started chanting in native language, and the other girl was translating it while she was anointing my feet. And all these things went down, but it ended. I mean, I, could, I don't want to say names because some people are just so far from removed from me right now, but uh, it could have been incredible. I thought it would be something that the world would need. But when it just shattered and everybody was fighting with each other, it's just, you know, like communicate. We're all there on the same goal, same thing. We're going to open a spiritual school. How do you open a school if you can't talk to each other? Like communication <laughs> is important in this world, especially when it's yeah, physical but- communication. James, can you help us out? Because I started a spiritual community on Oahu. I lived over there while I was in the Navy from 89 to 94. But my big claim to fame was uh, while I was there, I ran an ad for Ascension Center. And Michael Jackson uh, heard about me, and he came and had a couple of readings. And uh, I told him I didn't want his money. He offered me 5K, which is my normal minimum. And 5,000 folks is my normal minimum, five to 15,000. And he didn't, he, you know, I said, no, I, I re- refused his money. So by the time we got to know each other, he uh, came back and, and booked uh, the restaurant for him and me. He said, well, it's like 5,600, no big deal. But back then, even for me in the military, and then I was running a corporation and I had Psychic Network, that was a lot of money. But it wasn't about the money. And I didn't know who I was talking to anyway. They were just in a stretch limo. But he said I could use his name, drop his name if I wanted to, because he understood. He had a nonprofit, and I was trying to build a nonprofit. So we all have like a profit part. To you know, we're, we're and we need to talk about that, James, because communication is if we're helping other people in service to others, help them be better. Are we should talk about how do we get a spiritual community together? Now we're in virtual reality, so I right. ask uh, Suzanne and and Rich to help me, and she's a psychic and he's an artist, and apparently that got a lot of people's attention. So. That's good, too. But how do you see? Uh, Tommy is a facilitator. He does did a lot of events on the mainland before and been on television and been in Las Vegas shows. But you, uh, James, I just fell in love with your voice, and I put on here you're a facilitator. Can you help us out here? How would you bring all of us together in a spiritual community and get us to talk? <laughs> So, so, TJ, before he answers the question, can I pose one more question to him to the layering of the question? And, and Sure. First of, first of all, I think that your um, ability to be perceptive with people about what they want to answer and what they want to discuss is in the gift zone. I think that's one of your gifts. So I think one of the great questions that's arisen here in this roundtable conversation is is that what what is the fair way for spiritual people doing spiritual work to be compensated for their talent? And a lot of people that I work with, a lot of people I work with, I can tell them, go ahead and just pay me the value of my work. And that's because I believe my work has value, and I believe the people that I've done the work for want to give me the value of my work. And I would say that people over, they give me more than what I would have asked for. And that has become a very um, 
That's become a very rewarding experience. Um, so, so what is the what is the real the real question comes down to the exchange of energy, and if money is energy, and we're exchanging energy, how is it appropriate to ask to be compensated for our work? How is the appropriate spiritual um, concept, how is that, that going to be rewarded? I have faith in it. I step out every single day in my life and act in a place of faith. So, um, and, and it works. So, but we're asking a deeper question here, and it brings about a value system, and I think it's by far more difficult than talking about sex or politics, talking about money. Right. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> I want to acknowledge that is such a beautiful way that you set up your with to engage that question. You seem to have the answer already. I could, I would be hard pressed to think of a better way to do it. And how you set it up, and I'm really I'm so happy for you that you get paid more than what you would ask. It's so beautiful. You must be delivering a tremendous amount of value to the people you work with. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that is that is the part I think that in doing spiritual work and finding people that value what you have to give and trusting that if you tell them, you know, pay me what it's worth to you, um, it changes the entire dynamic. And I have to say, I've done it for so long. Um, I've done it for so long now that it is, it, it has worked out. I mean, I worked in public in a restaurant and people would say, well, you know, what? how do, how do we pay you? Do we tip you? How does that work? And I said, just just give me what it was worth to you. And um, the secret to doing that when you're doing that in a public format, and I practice that in my private format too, is to never look at the amount you were given when somebody acknowledges you. Um, You don't look at the dollar amount. You give the person the same thank you that you would give them if they gave you $1,000 or if they gave you a $20 bill. And not to ever change how you say thank you or how you acknowledge that they have given you a gift and for me that's been so good because I stay neutral in my process I'm simply thanking them for acknowledging me and the material part is the part that keeps us all connected and is simply the exchange of energy yeah and when you don't look at it you you see yourself as having a reaction to it, and you really don't know what that amount means to the other person. They could be being very generous with you, even though the amount might not add, add up to much in an objective way. So it's just a way to protect the rapport um, is how I look at it. Talk talk about that a little bit more, please. Um, That's a good point. Protecting, That's a, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a really important um, gesture that you're making to them by not looking at the money and just by thanking them for for being as true to themselves as we all hope that we all are all the time. There's a, there's a word for that, actually. There's a name for that kind of donation that I remembered a second ago. It's called true donation. So it's a donation that feels true to the person who is giving the donation. And that person can find that within themselves, you know, it's... Um, if they just meditate on it a bit, what is this worth to me? What feels like appropriate donation? 
And that's, that's a good guide to give, actually. And based on that perspective, it's really not up to anyone to judge what they felt was really true for them to give. And, and by not looking at that, yeah, you're, you're really doing what I, I am trying to advocate for here, which is to uplift our spiritual life by uplifting our relationships through communication skills, is really devoting ourselves to being in rapport with other people in, inside authenticity, you know, strong boundaries, but authentic connection, authentic boundaries, authentic um, vulnerability, intimacy, when we choose to go there with someone, but just connection, even with, even with a strong boundary. So just always to have some of our attention on the rapport that we're experiencing with the people in our lives and not just on the content of the things that they're saying, which in this case might be the money, the money might be the content, but really there's a spirit behind that content and to really honor the spirit of connection and rapport is the, is the way to develop the kind of relationships that we want over the long term. So, so, here's so what I, am, am I, am I muted now? Yeah. I do. Uh, I know, I know this is y'all's show. Uh, I am a caller. They unmuted me. Um, what's your name? Like uh, my name tell, is Zachary. Tell James what your name is. Yeah, Zachary, I see your number a lot on my show, so thank you for following us. James Tolley, this is Zachary. He's one of our regular people. He follows our show. So, uh, yeah, James, is it okay if he asks a question? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I'll mute now. Thank thank, thank, thank you, ma'am. Uh, that was very nice of you to introduce us that way. Um, so I find this conversation very interesting. Um, so I would say to you, uh, you know, I come from Appalachia, you know, where people have nothing. Everybody are, you know, pretty much in poverty. The majority of people are in poverty, and even those who are not in poverty think of themselves as middle class, but they're not middle class compared to the rest of the world. I have a, I have a problem with what you guys are doing. Um, okay. You're saying you're saying that hey, let them give whatever they can, and I, I respect that. I truly respect that. That's way better than any you know evangelist that comes out and says, "I don't care about your class system. I don't care about nothing. Just give me your money." So I respect you for the fact that you honor one dollar as much as you honor a thousand dollars. I truly respect that. But you are making you. spirituality, and and I really do respect it. But you're making spirituality a commodity. Uh, you're right, buying into I? the market. Well, I, I do. I, I believe you are, because you know. Let, let's look at Islam. Let's look at Islam. Let's look at the, you know. Let's look at monks. Let's look at you know Orthodox. These people work at, for spiritual. Let's, look at, the, let's look at the people who approach me and ask me for my time and my energy and my love and my okay, support so, and my encouragement. Okay, and then I want to get you step in here for a minute because I. I no, because you're going to cut me off. You're going to cut me off. And but but I'm not. I'm I'm trying to be very respectful. Very respectful. And that's so fine. Who, that you know you have that. you have a service that you want to sell. You're, you have a service that you want to sell. That is totally fine. Who are you fine. being? Who are you being respectful to, Zachary? Who are you being respectful with? That you you know you you acknowledge that not all class can pay the same thing. I acknowledge that it's a service. It's a work. It's it's a job for you. I acknowledge that. And that there is a fallacy. You 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 think of spirituality as a job, as do as, I? A, as a career. 
Do I think of it that way? Yes, can I really cut like in real to, fast? To engage can, I, with wait, Zachary. can I do that, wait. please? Can I cut in real fast? Just let me interject one thing. I was going to become a preacher. I put my time in. I did everything. But when you join the priesthood, you have to say you're going to donate 40% of your salary to the church. I was becoming a born-again Christian. The other thing is, when you become a priest, minister, rabbi, whatever you want to say, you got a temple and a place, and you're paid for it. Everything's paid for it. You don't have to work. If you were living on a street and preaching, you're coming from New Age, you know, Reformation, Reform. Religion do you realize, always you realize in Islam? Do you, do you realize in Islam, you do not get paid for being a scholar. You do not get paid for being you know, imam. You do not get paid to sell the Quran. The Christianity, see, you're making my whole point for me. The reason Christianity is losing people and why nobody wants to be Christians anymore is because now it's all, you know, Billy Graham, buy my book, buy my book, pay, pay to No, no, they're, they're New Age people. They're not Christians. They're New Age people. So when you say Christians, okay. there's well, 2.4 billion Christ, uh, Christians. All Christians. What about Zachary? If I gave you an enormous amount of respect and I said you have value and your opinion matters to me, and I respect what you have to say, and I see the validity of your point. It is about me having a deep respect for you being willing to talk about your point of view in a public forum and to seek from your I think, heart. I think, I mean, I appreciate it. And if and if people want to pay you for, for your spirituality, We're not, I have no problem. I'm just talking about... I'm just talking about you. What if I said to you, I respect you, I appreciate you, I think what you have to say is valid, and I don't disagree with you, and I think what you say in your words and your intention by speaking from your heart is important. I I, I understand what you're doing. I truly do. Uh, What I'm saying is that people only grow spiritually through struggle. You cannot be taught struggle. You cannot how learn I, struggle. How about I respect exactly. you and I respect your philosophy and I respect who you are and I respect what you have done and I respect your intention. Do you hey, Zachary. Zachary. Yes. I love people. Let me let me ask you a question, Zachary. How long have you been listening to my show? This is TJ Teresa Jeanette Thurman Morris. I lived in Appalachia for 20 years. Let me tell you something. This, let me tell you something. You're in my church right now, and guess what? This church has cost me about $10,000 in eight years, and I don't remember ever getting a penny of help from you. So how are you helping me by being on my show tonight? How are you helping all these people? This is my love and light community. My my question my question for you, my question to what what I would say to that is I'm sorry that you're you know you're if you're saying you're in debt for your church, but what I what I'm saying is that when Jesus Christ walked and prophesied, he didn't ask for money no matter what the price was. He even paid with his life. Are you asking? Are you asking? I'll never ask you for a penny. That's why you're on here tonight because you called in free. You're paying AT and T or somebody. But not me. You're not paying me. me. The person that's on. Okay, I'm sorry, Tommy. Excuse. Wait, wait. Excuse. For anybody, all right, you want to talk to me about Jesus, please go right ahead. 
Wherever he went, no, people tell, gave to him. He didn't have to work. He didn't have to do things. People knew who he was. There's a difference there. All right? He didn't have to work. People fed him. Wherever he went, he was a gift to those people, and they knew it. All right? When I don't charge anything for anything I ever did, I give my books away for free. But that doesn't mean everybody has to do that. People need to live no matter what they do. Do you got a job? Do you work? Do you have a job? Zachary, yeah. you dropped I'm a, off. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a diesel mechanic. Okay. Oh, you get paid he works on trucks. Do you get Do you get paid? He works on trucks. Of course I do, but I don't promise that you know uh, you know my labor will set them free. But well, why, why don't you, don't you set up your own radio show? Why don't you set up your own radio show <laughs> and share okay. your message? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so now back to there. James. James. Back to James. I'm not going to let Thank you. Zachary, you can still listen, but, you know, you're not helping me tonight. So God bless you. <laughs> All right. Love so, you. Uh, James, James, back to our communications. Well, of course, we're always going to have naysayers yeah. and people that don't agree. But I'm paying the bill to listen to Zachary talk to my guests like they're trash. So, James, help me out. Well, this is a of a conversation that didn't end up really in the full state, I don't think, for anyone involved, right? So this is just a good modeling of um, of the kind of conversation that we probably, you know, actually honor greatly in how she with I appreciate quite a bit. And I Oh, James, you're cutting off. I didn't. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just, Me too, because uh, we're only to getting half of what you're saying. It, it's okay. He's one of my regular listeners, and he's a, he works on diesels, and he's he's a he he listens to us all the time. He's entitled to his opinion, and we love everybody. So if he believes that he's really a Bible toter Appalachian that believes in Jesus Christ. I can talk to him all right. day, and so can Tommy, <laughs> probably Suzanne, and, and everybody on this show. So you go right ahead, James. We love everybody. So can you communicate I, how I to fix this? Yeah, yeah. I would have um, felt wonderful to connect with Zachary just now. And I actually would go to training and uh, connect with me. I'd really like to connect with you. So... Um, we have here someone who's communicating their upset, right? They're communicating, and they're doing it in, in a way that causes trouble, actually, for other people, maybe for themselves. And there's way, basically, what I was talking about before, invoking the shared purpose. Invoking the shared purpose would have been a wonderful technique to use just in that time. Uh, just to say, I hear, Zachary, I hear in what you're saying that Spirituality matters to you. Well, spirituality matters to me too. Well, well it didn't. It didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I'm just letting you know, James, because you're talking to Zach, but he left. <laughs> so I guess he got upset. Oh, I know. So, I know he but left. we're listening. We're listening. Uh, I thought that was listening. great. That's That's talking, there's a communication I, story. There's a total communication story going on there. Right. And so, so I what? So what? His... So what was he? 
So what was his pain? What was his pain he was talking about? His pain. His yeah, pain was. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, James, your phone is cutting out so badly. We can barely hear you. So I'm so I, sorry. I, it's, it's just, um, it's like, like, like part of a word or something. But Rich asked the question of me, what was his pain? And his pain was. Um, wanting to be a spiritual person, but doing a menial labor work, and not not feeling as if he was getting paid enough, and not feeling as if he was respected for his work. So there might be a conflict in his home where the person didn't understand how hard it was for him to do that work, or the people that he did the work for didn't respect him enough to give him a better spot to work from, or if the people that he actually um, has to live with don't respect his contribution. But his entire pain was centered in the lack of respect, lack of understanding, and lack of support for who and what he was as a person. It was really, really quite sad. And it was kind of interesting because I have gone to Africa um, and I've been into um, areas that are poor in America, and if you want to see real, real, real poverty, go to a zero-economy world, and you will see a type of poverty you didn't know could exist. So um, I'm very familiar with the issues of poverty and what's required to change that. But this was a person who wanted somebody to listen to his pain. He was not able to have a conversation that would allow anybody to communicate with him because his commitment was to the pain. That was my experience of him. Yeah, that's the that's the whole communication thing. When people get upset and they have their way to talk to somebody else, that's where that's where the whole the whole application of tools and stuff used for communication come involved. James, well, let me tell you what I heard. What I heard was an attack on me because it's my show and it's spirituality, and you all are my guests. So I've never brought up the money card. I've never asked Zachary for a penny. I don't know who he was talking to about money because no money has exchanged on this, nor do I ask for money. So I don't know where he gets off with the assumption that, we're making money at this because, because I'm only in debt and always have been to do this. If if he goes and checks, he'll find out that what he's listening to costs money. And Blog right. Talk is going to charge him to have a show unless he wants to do a free 30 minutes, which you can't do a lot with, to just play around and not really have any listeners. But I pay for as much as I've been able to maximum from the beginning of the show with New York when the Mr. Levy started it, it is now owned by Vox. But after tonight, I don't mind asking for anyone that wants to endorse. We will start being a listener-supported for people like Zachary. So the people <laughs> that really do love me and love my Love and Spirit Church on Sundays, my Love and mm-hmm. Light, my spiritual, and I'm not New Age, and I'm not Muslim, and I'm not anything. I am open source divinity, and I call my church Ascension Church Ohana. But Ascension is Christ consciousness rising in a way. Everybody can look up the word Ascension. You can look up church, and you can look up Ohana. And that was the love that James had in his voice. And I had asked before I rudely interrupted him with Zachary. But Zachary, God bless you. That's all I can say. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whether you believe in a divine entity or an individual, I don't care. Okay, that's your perception. So, James, I hope you'll come back. I hope we didn't run you off. I would Are you there? Can you hear me? I would love uh, to come back. Oh, there you are. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh. You can hear me. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to close up and have you come back maybe next Sunday if you're brave enough. I don't know. But, Shirley, talk. I'm going to mute, and you guys close out because we're off the air, but we're still recording for YouTube. So, everyone, this will be on American Communications Online in about 30 minutes. And, James, you can come get your podcast. And, you know, we can always edit out the last part, but maybe that makes your point, James. So why don't you end on a good note since we're over time. But they they won't cut us off for about 10 more minutes. But uh, anything you'd like to share? And I know Suzanne's still asking you if you're going to come back or something. So I'll mute and you guys close the show out, okay? James, James, Thank what you a great so conversation. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the conversation so much but we when we started down the conversation of the exchange of energy and the validity of pay it turned into something really different but what a what a great um set of skills you have for communicating and creating rapport and you really do rest in a gifted zone in your talents thank you so much i appreciate your saying that it's, a, it's definitely a mission. It's definitely my purpose in life to spread these skills so that people can live in a culture that really supports human well-being on a much more profound level than I think what's typical in human culture today. I think that communication skills are the number one most um, effective place to your time and energy that is going to um, produce some magic or anything forward. Um, oh my gosh! I'm so. Are you are you on a landline or it's cell phone? I'm so cell sorry. Phone? Oh. Am I, it's just like can I, it just like yes. it's garbled. It's like if you're talking underneath water. It's kind of an interesting thing. I so I don't. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. It's nothing to apologize for. It's nothing within your control. It's just kind of. I'd like to hear a little bit better. So, anyway. Um, Close close out the show. Give a thought and close out the show. You're wonderful. Just close out the show. Okay, thank you. I'd love to come back, and I'd love to, um, yeah, continue the conversation. It's very, very meaningful to me, and I really appreciate your having me on. Thank you. Oh, have a great day, James. Thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Thank yeah. you, PJ. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. I think James will come back. So thank you, Tommy. Thank great. you, Suzanne. Thank you, Rich. Everybody was good anchors and good co-hosts, and we'll do this. Hopefully he said he'd like to come back, folks. So thank you, everybody, and don't worry about the money. We're going to be listener-supported. I'll put that on American Communications Online a donation. So remember, AmericanCommunicationsOnline.com for people like Zachary that want to be listener-supported because I'm not paying any more money unless you guys send me money, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll keep it up. I'll keep it up. All right, love and light, everybody. We'll see you Tuesday. Come listen to us okay. Tuesday. We're going to talk to a whole new couple. So everybody come back Tuesday. Right, right Suzanne? You, it's Stan, Absolutely. Stan and Tara Free Show. 
sanitary right. show. Thank you, everybody. It's be fun. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Bye. now that's going to be a lot of Hollywood people. Yeehaw. We'll tell you, it's exciting. <laughs> he was he big Disney 45-year guy, and uh, he worked at Disney, and he worked on Hee Haw. Y'all may know who he is. Love and light, everybody. Thank <laughs> you, right. Suzanne. Give thank me a call you. when you can. Thank you, Suzanne. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.